Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Nerdorama, the voice of the nerd nation. I'm Mo Kelly. I'm Tawala Sharp. And together we bring you the best and brightest of the nerdverse. Listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Not to see you here. Welcome to the show. I call the Nightcat. Welcome back to the show that never ends. Because when I'm not on the air, and I'm usually not, I just do the show for my wife and my cat at home. Gary Jeff Walker with you on 700 WLW. It's the Nightcat Man Cave Edition for the next uh, hour and a half. Actually, first it's my turn because I got good instruction from one of the father broadcasters here. People I look to for guidance and uh, I do respect his opinion very much. He said, you know, said this to me last week, and it really stuck with me. I don't know if you'll agree or not, but Gary Jeff, they're not listening to the show to hear Delhi Bob. And I, frankly, I don't know who Delhi Bob is. They're listening for you. So here's a little taste of what the Gary Jeff got cooking. First off, the show that never ends truly ha- has another little I don't know, crescendo, which won't be the end. It's just the next big moment of bombshells in Washington, D.C., that virtually no one outside of Washington, D.C., or within a political party really cares about. The Mueller report. After almost a year and 11 months will be released by Attorney General William Barr and the Assistant Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. After the redactions are made, by law, for grand jury testimony, for peripheral people who are not guilty of anything and ha- shouldn't have their names revealed to Congress or anybody else. I mean, this is a matter of law and code here. And the attorney general still being called a cover-up moniker. He, he's the cover-up guy for Donald Trump. Bill Barr, who's never had in any of his 40-plus years in service to this nation as an attorney general before and in the interim and now, any kind of allegation of covering up for anybody and not doing anything strictly by the book. 9.30 tomorrow morning. They'll be sitting on pins and needles at CNN, at MSNBC, at Fox News, at CBS, ABC, NBC, PBS, maybe even, I don't know, MTV, with bated breath, waiting on 
the redacted version of the Mueller report to be released. Of course, the Democrats want everything out there, hoping that they can mine some kind of damaging information against the president they've been trying to unelect since 2016 when he won the election, duly, legally, fair and square, without the help of Russians or anybody else. The Republicans are kind of like, ho-hum. And not because I'm an avid supporter supporter of Donald Trump am I going ho-hum. We already know what's in it. There's no Russian collusion that they preached and spent more than $25 million trying to investigate, even though they knew within a couple of weeks of the investigation starting, there was nothing to it. 500 witnesses, all kinds of subpoenas, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of reams of testimony, much of it under oath, nothing. Majority of Americans don't give a almost had to dump myself. The majority of Americans really don't give a crap, me included. If you're a 2020 presidential candidate for the Democrats or if you're a Democrat uh, senator or member of the House of Representatives who believe that your reason that you got elected in 2018 or whenever you got elected was to out Donald Trump and oust him from office, then you care. Other than that, it's nothing. The big story today, the 60 people brought up on charges of illegally distributing opioids, prescription opioids, not heroin or carfentanil, the stuff that's supposed to make you feel better when you're in pain and have a legitimate excuse to use pain relievers of some sort, 31 of them doctors involved in pill mills, illegally prescribing 32 million pills which is enough for one dose for everybody within five states of us. Every man, woman, and child. What took so damn long? Did enough people have to die that this is finally being exposed? That's the bigger story to me. And then there's a story from from Colorado, from Columbine, where an 18-year-old woman I mean, you can call her a girl, whatever, 18 years old, traveled from Florida to Colorado in hopes of reenacting the Columbine tragedy of almost 20 years, something that occurred before she was even born. But she was so obsessed with the Columbine shooting. She checked out Colorado's gun laws to make sure that as an 18-year-old, she could buy a long gun. She wound up killing herself which I guess is a damn sight better than reenacting what happened in Columbine in 1999. And then there's PG. PG Sittenfeld, of course, for the people that continue to vote for PG Sittenfeld as a Cincinnati City Councilman, the uh, initials should stand for pretty gullible because you are. You continually put him in positions of power. Today, with a resolution before Cincinnati City Council to waive the bond for nonviolent crimes in the city of Cincinnati because if you're a criminal and you're poor, you shouldn't have to pay for your crime and other such nonsense. Now that I've uh, stood up and blown off a little bit of steam, let's let Chris in Westchester do the work. Chris, good evening. How are you? Great, my friend. How are you? Doing fine. You know what? And so am I. But it, that, 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 it keeps them guessing all the time. I'm always in such a good mood, it throws everybody off. 
Because they always ask me, how the hell can you always be so happy? <laughs> it's, it's simple. Just have good thoughts. I mean, look at it that way. And if you, if you wake up and, you know, you're alive. Did you say, you hold on, Chris, did you say have good pot or have good thoughts? Well, that helps too a little bit. You know, I mean, it, 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 come on. Where they say uh, today's THC content in the marijuana is like 300 times better than it was back in the 70s. So, you know. That's why. That's why. We, that's why we only paid thirty-five dollars an ounce back in the seventies. Yeah, but you got a Wonder Bread bag full. You know, I mean, just be real. That's true. Enough Maybe to enough to get a really good headache. Yeah, exactly. That that or some really nasty ass brownies. So, so uh, your thoughts on my thoughts, please. Well, I mean, actually, uh, before I get to the bar report or the Mueller report, William he he said it perfectly today. Cincinnati City Council. Council. Yeah, that's what it is. He said it perfectly, but it's not original and it's not new. But, yeah, okay, go ahead. But he, yeah, that's what, I mean, really? You're, because you're poor, you're not supposed to pay for your crime? What? Yeah. Come on. I mean, that's like, 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 did you see the Denard tweet or babble that she put out? Oh, oh, oh I'm going to get into that in full, full of grante, I mean, believe me, Chris. That's, that's the city council that these people voted for. They, they, the people put them in charge. For people, for people who don't know and haven't heard what Tamaya Denard, another member of the Cincinnati City Council, uh, said in a tweet today saying that the white privilege of Notre Dame and its parishioners versus the black churches that were bombed in Louisiana, why was there a lack of outrage about that? And there was such an outrage uh, about a historic, yeah. iconic structure that's nearly 900 years old burning apparently by accident or some construction problem that they had in that classic building and saying that there was no outrage about three black churches being bombed in Louisiana. There was plenty of outrage, but we were talking talking about apples and oranges. Well, I understand. What news was she watching? Was she totally, because when those churches were burning down south, that that was wall-to-wall coverage. They were covering it all the time. When they found the guy, I mean, they were all over that. Is she just pissed off because... They're already got almost a billion dollars in donations. No, she's pissed off because this is her job to be pissed off and to be outraged at things that are not outrageous. She is yeah. she is fitting the agenda of identity politics and further trying to divide the electorate. That this is what they do. I could not have said it better myself. That's exactly right. That's what they do. It seems like that is now their job, or that's that, that that's their 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 mo now. When you join that party, is to somehow. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. And if you can't conquer, conquer them, alienate the hell out of them. One, one or the other. I mean, or, it, it, in P.G. Sittenfeld's case, make excuses for people because they're poor. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, I'm sorry, but what, what happens to you if you can't do the cr- time, don't do the crime, and, you know, all the, all the, the cool hip things that criminals say when you're playing the game, don't bring shame to the game, and this is, so, so now you're going to be able to just say, well, hell, this is just a misdemeanor. I ain't got to worry about no fine. Chris, get, get to the Mueller report real quick. I okay, gotta... tomorrow. It's coming out so far, they say. It's going to be redacted. I love how so, the, the, the dumbass cats, they somehow want to change all the laws, and they want an unredacted version, even though the law says they're not supposed to. It, this the parts, the there are parts of it that must stay redacted exactly. under and the law. You know, what's going to happen is, no matter what this report says, because one word, is redacted. If, if, if the whole thing came out and just one word was redacted, the words the in the beginning, they would say it was a false report. He's covering up. He's lying. Bill Barr no is covering up out, for the president yeah. and all the rest no of the nonsense. Out, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to they're 
gonna just they're gonna find any excuse they can to say, well, he lied here, he lied there, so he must be lying on everything else. Even though the report, according to their guy, said there was no collusion. You know what I like best about your phone calls, Chris? What's that, my friend? Is that my blood pressure is probably lower than yours? I gotta go. Take a break. Come back. Seven hundred WLW. W Ford. 513-749-7000-1-800-843-2441. The main number is to get in touch with us on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Let's go to Dave and Dayton real quick. We'll get to our man cave guest. Just, Dave, I, I forgot to uh, mention a topic. Yeah, you forgot about uh, another uh, story literally gripping America, and yeah. that's uh, Han- Handygate with uh, Robert Kraft and how important those guys, those, those pompous idiots that, have to feel like it's you know important for all of us to release the video and see a 78 year old billionaire getting a rub and tug stress relief is is uh, is of the nation's uh, you know Hi- highest final, interest final information and interest yes. yeah and I, uh, well just because he's a friend of he's a friend of Trump don't forget well sure you know? I, so, I I mentioned this it, at the time that the arrest happened and that's that's where the story should end right there for anybody who's being honest with themselves or with anybody they talk to about it Dave. Well, and they tried to drag in sex trafficking, but you know uh, they're fifty and fifty-four year old. I'm sure they they weren't held uh, beyond their will. <laughs> so it's just it's just a joke that that's that's even a, a nation story. But uh, ergo, it's tied uh, somewhat you know loosely to Trump, so it's gotta it's gotta be shoved down our throats, so and, to, so to speak. So, so to speak, and I will not watch the video if it gets released. So no, don't, don't care about this at all. Uh, very, very much uh, welcome your call. And thanks to uh, Kevin Lou Koltoff. Kevin Koltoff from Deer Park Deli, who brought us uh, assorted finest meats and cheeses tonight. The Sky Haven ham, the homemade roast beef, turkey, tuna salad, egg salad, homemade meatloaf, and my favorite, the chocolate chip cookies. Kevin is the brother of my friend Kim. Rice uh, of Keepsake Photography. Kim and Bruce have been friends for a long time, and they always bring stuff from Deer Park Deli to our anniversary shows we do for Saturday morning annually. Uh, They've got a new lunch menu starting on April 29th, but it was very nice of them to bring the sandwiches. Delicious stuff. So thank you very much, Kevin, and the folks at Deer Park Deli. Jay Armstrong. Yes, sir. That's that's the most excited you've been all night. I asked Jay how he was doing. He said, I'm okay. I was like, what? What's the problem? I'm in a lot of pain. I got a torn rotator cuff, possibly a torn <clears throat> bicep labrum. But you, you've had stuff. that for a while, right? The torn yeah, but rotator it's getting cuff. worse. They they never get better on their own. Yeah, you know, I came to find that out. Uh, when <laughs> my medical philosophy has generally been, if I ignore it long enough, it'll go away. That works sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, it has worked most of the time. I've been walking around on a torn ACL for like nine years. Good lord, man! I don't want to take the narcotics for the surgery. I know that's why I haven't done it, and. uh you want to, you've been clean and sober for over 13 and a half years now. Thank God you don't want to uh, ruin that track record. But now I'm at a point where I can't use my arm right. It's not just that it hurts. Like, I can't really lift it right. Mm. Uh, so that's a problem. Well, I hate to hear that. What do you want to talk about tonight? Oh, I don't know. You want to, <laughs> mainly just Adam Levine's nipples, I think. <laughs> not again. No, you said you wanted to talk about something else earlier, remember? You said you want to talk about Lance McAllister. <laughs> Who? Who's that? Um, Jason Goodall joining us, as well as Coach Lou. Uh, Lance, of course, does the sports talk Lance show. Lance is one of the greatest broadcasters in Cincinnati history. I love Lance. I thought that was Bob Trumpy when he was leaving. No, if it had been Bob Trumpy, it would have sounded... <laughs> 
You're nothing but a carnival barker. I, I, I need another cigarette. I'll be right back. <sighs> Number eighty-four. Jason Goodall, what's what's been going on with you? You know, helping families avoid the demons of debt and the savior of savings. That's what I've been. He's doing. Dave Ramsey Jr. <laughs> I'm better than Dave because I'm not yelling at people all the time, making them feel two inches tall. That's the best thing about Dave. What are you talking about? Hey, no, no, no. Dave, Dignity. He's like nothing he... compared to uh, Bruce Williams. Bruce Williams used to yell at people. Dave Ramsey's a, a lightweight compared to Coach like Bruce. Lou. Your Cyclones <laughs> right now are on the ice at Kalamazoo. Have you been checking on your phone to uh, I have, update their progress in the Kelly Cup Championship Kevin series? Kolthoff from Deer Park Deli has been updating me. They're up two zip. In what period, sir? Third, and they are in the third game of the series. Best of seven, tied at right. one. So how'd they drop one at home? What the <clears throat> hell happened? Saturday? You know, they went up 7-4 in the first game. You get a little cocky, you're tired, you know. It's like you just, you have a bad day. They only lost in three other, games. In other words, <laughs> no, they choked, choked. They, they choked? No, no, it's just an off day. And, That's right. a Cincinnati sports tradition right there. No Choking? kidding. Yes. And they have avoided it to this point. They have. They've been the chokers on the choke E or whatever, the the positive or the person that's handing down the choking to the Reading Royals. And they were down three games to nothing. In oh, the a Reds, series. Reds just lost their twelfth game of the year, which is choking ugly. something else. Is there a gimp involved in all this sports? We'll bring out the gimp in a moment. The Man Cave Nightcap continues after news on seven hundred WLW. RDI. Great bumper music, Grant. The Man in Black, coming back on the nightcap on 700 WLW. You wired me awake and hit me with the hand of broken nails. You tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil. You know, there's no words how good this is. But I'm gonna break. Really? I'm gonna break my... Gonna break my rusty shade and run. The Nightcap Man Cave Edition for the next hour here on 700 WLW. Still to come, Cincinnati Fraternal Order Police President Dan Hills on the new resolution city council. That if you are too poor to pay your bond for a nonviolent crime, we'll just let you go because you really can't help it. Uh, also on the program, Walt Starshock, who is the NRA liaison for the state of Kentucky, and there's the big NRA rally coming up next weekend, the 26th, 27th, and 28th in Indianapolis. We'll talk about that. Dr. John Huber from MainstreamMentalHealth.org will close out the program. For now, I've got Jason Armstrong, uh, Jay Armstrong, Jason Collier, good old. God, what's wrong with me? You aren't even drinking. I had, I know. I just had a mini stroke, I think. <laughs> Jay Armstrong, Jason Goodall, and Coach Lou Diamond in the studio. All right, first and foremost, back to this Tamaya Denard thing. Tamaya, if you don't know, Cincinnati City Councilwoman, who was one of the gang of five, got in trouble over the uh, public meeting law with her texting with the other Democrat members of Cincinnati City Council. You remember her. And was told by the judge that she should not only apologize but resign. Of course, she did not. None of them did. Either one. Uh, today, tweeting out that it's another example of white privilege because of all the outrage, all the outpouring of emotion over the burning of the historic Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, France. A nearly 900-year-old structure, the steeple and much of the, the ceiling burning. 
and all this outpouring of attention focused on this, where was the outrage, where was the attention when those three black churches in Louisiana were firebombed? By the way, by a white man who has been apprehended and will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, uh, Tamaya. But I was wondering when I, when I saw this, I said, so you're right. It's only white Catholics who look at Notre Dame as an iconic symbol of their faith. No black people have ever worshipped inside Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. No Hispanics, no people of Hispanic ethnicities have ever worshipped inside Notre Dame Cathedral or visited there. You're right, it's a totally white privilege thing, you dumb idiot. As Chevy Chase once said famously on Saturday Night Live, Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> My God. Gary Jeff on fire tonight. This, this identity politics BS has hit an all-new low, thanks to people like you, Tamaya. This divisive, agendized narrative that is not based in truth or fact, but just another way to divide people so you can eventually conquer them. It's, it's unbelievable. And by the way, I said, Jane, you ignorance, not, not, not to Maya. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see the, uh, the proof that her and all the other people that are mad that Notre Dame's getting this attention, I'd like to see the proof that they donated to those three churches that got burned in Louisiana. That's good. They should send us their tax returns. That would be the proof. Oh, of the that's see, probably now, six years of it would be good. We should see all of their tax returns as elected officials. And we'll get into the tax returns and the charity thing here in a little bit, because there is a distinct difference between taxes and charity. You dolts. Jim and Amelia on the acute hearing com hotline. <laughs> hey, Gary, Jeff, you guys, can I ask you a question? When I was growing up, I just I had to sign up for the Selective Service Act, remember? Yeah, I did. I did too. I never had to, uh, uh, you know. Yeah. They, anyway, they they'd ended the draft by the time I was eighteen, but I still had to sign up. Yeah, I think it's still going on. But did the illegal aliens do, do they get to had to sign up for illegal for like Selective Service if we have to go to war? No, there are many immigrants who've come to this country who have served in the military. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily required to do so because they're not even required to show that they're a legal citizen in this country at this point. Okay. So so they can get driver's license and stuff, but they don't have to sign up for the draft or anything. Well, most of the time, the second law they, they break when they come to this country, the first law, of course, is being in the country illegally or overstaying their visa. The second law they usually break is identity theft or identity fraud. So they okay. probably could get the documentation since they're poor, undocumented workers. They can get the documentation. It's just not their documentation to do almost anything in this country, including and up to voting, which is the right. problem. All which right, is, sure, Jeff, because uh, I just wanted to make sure that. You know, I, 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 I'm not sure if they're required to be uh, offered up for conscription or not through selective service. Uh, Jimmy and Amelia, hello. Yeah, I don't want to be real divisive or nothing. I, I want to know more about that meat plate you got there. What, what else? <laughs> oh, we, we had we, we had read the script. We had we had Sky Haven ham. <laughs> oh, that's our good homemade roast beef. Mm. Mm. Turkey, turkey, turkey. The turkey was outstanding. By Tuna way. salad, egg salad. Hey, the pasta wait, salad wait, was incredible. Beef. Did you raise the cow? I didn't raise the cow. I didn't kill the cow. I just ate the cow. But it was homemade? I mean, somebody's cow. Sicilian pasta salad, by the way. Mm. Sicilian. Jimmy, thank you for your interest in our... Is there a pickle on there? 
Jimmy, thank you for the interest in our meat. Jimmy's at the Pickle appreciate, Park down in Newport. Appreciate the phone call. Right under the bridge. Let's switch gears, fellas, and go to Eula in Indiana. Hello, Eula. Hello. Great to uh, have you. You wanted to talk about a pro, pro-life pro rally that's coming up? Yes. Uh, it's coming up on May 4th in Times Square in New York City. Uh, and uh, they're going to show uh, ultrasounds of uh, trimester babies. And I think one's even second as some. And also, they want you to go uh, to focus on the family dot uh, com. Sorry, I can't. So, I can't. You, I can't believe that that Governor Cuomo, who signed the infanticide bill in New York, is actually letting a pro life rally happen in Times Square. That's amazing. <laughs> it's on May fourth. Uh, they want you to go to focus on the family dot com pro life, and there's a proclamation for life that they want you to sign your name to. They want to get as many names as they can. What's the address, What's the address? The website address again, Eula? Focusonthefamily.com. Slash pro-life. All right. And sign the pro-life uh, proclamation and get as many signatures as they can to take the Congress and the President. Well, God bless you for spreading that message, and thanks for listening, Eula. Appreciate that. Jay? It's one of your favorite moments in any program. You know who's on the line? On the acutehearingcenters.com, hot and await. Has to be Dick. Good evening, Dick. Oh. Hey, Dick. Hey, Jay and Jerry. Jeff, how are you? Hello, and, sir. And, and Jason's here, too. Hi, Jason. Hi, Dick. So what, is a, what does a Dick do on his birthday? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well... I went to the Cracker Barrel. Okay. I got all the cards that you uh, from the listeners. I thank you for that. Yes. No. no when you uh, when you, when you go to Cracker Barrel, I want to know what what does a dick have at Cracker Barrel? Because I have my own menu favorites at Cracker Barrel. What did Dick get on his birthday on Sunday? Vegetable plate. What? No meat. You didn't get any country ham. No, ch- no. chicken and dumplings. No country pork chops. Biscuits. No. I had. Chicken and dumplings, you know, I had that on the side and green beans and that hash brown casserole. Oh, you got to have the hash brown casserole. I'll do a double of hash brown casserole. My wife loves the fried okra and hash brown casserole. That's all she gets. I'll be sitting there with whatever Big Mama's platter or whatever the hell it is with with like two or three different kinds of meat and hash brown casserole, a couple of eggs, maybe, maybe some flapjacks, an orange juice, and then a Coca-Cola and moon pie for dessert. But... But she'll just get the okra and the hash brown casserole. So, Gary Jeff, how severe is your diabetes? Because you're so skinny. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's if I go to Cracker Barrel and I get the Big Mama's platter and all that yeah. stuff, whatever they call it, Uncle Herschel's platter or whatever the Uncle Herschel's breakfast. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Herschel's. That's what it is. Uncle Herschel sounds like a very scary place to go. And so the Uncle Uncle Herschel's breakfast. If I do that. Then I don't eat for like two weeks. Oh, well, okay. It, it, it takes Even care so. of my needs. Yeah. Just drink pure vodka, you know, straight for a couple of days. Jack Daniels. 
So, Dick, I like shrimp. D- Dick, did you yeah. uh, did you have did you enjoy a nice adult beverage on your birthday? No, no, what? Not no. even one. Not even one little pop. Nope. Maybe a sip of beer. I don't think I've had a drink within fourteen or fifteen years. No kidding. Go. Wow. You got JB. Poor man. By a little, by a little bit. Yeah. Well, well that's... I wanted to tell you something, Gary Jeff. Well, I, I, I what, Dick, I knew you wanted to tell me something because you called. So yeah. <laughs> I found a place. I got a gift card. It's called Second and Charles, and I've I've run out the money. I bought some clearance CD tapes. They're pretty good. Yep. CD tapes. So that's that's one today, so, so... Highway one hundred one. I've never heard. Anything as good as that. Highway 101. This is on Highway a, 101. Is this on a CD or on a tape a or CD. a CD tape? And I called to get the greatest hits over at another place here in Beaver Creek. Uh, Beaver Creek. Beaver Creek. Oh. See, I, a lot of people who live in Cincinnati don't get to Beaver Creek a lot. No. Dick, I, I'm glad you had a great birthday. You had a great birthday? Except on yeah. Valentine's Day. I Dick. think, you know what I should do? Well. I was looking at the bar. I think I ought to come down there and have a drink with yes. these guys. Yes. Be your first one in 14. Bring your girlfriend with you. Okay. Because I'd like to eyeball that, Nancy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dick. Have a good day. Say good night, Dick. Good night, Gary Jeff. Bye. Good night, Dick. Bye-bye. Good night, Dick. Say it, Lou. Good night, Dick. Get off my phone. A breaking back. 700 WLW. To Milford. Something that only Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and every Democrat who's running for president in 2020 care about. The Mueller report will release, according to the uh, Washington Post, the Justice Department, led by Bill Barr, the attorney general, plans to release a lightly redacted version of the special counsel's report. 400 pages tomorrow. Press conference at 930 to address process questions and provide an overview of that report. So it's going to be lightly redacted. And what basically, according to their sources, whoever the hell they are, and we know they've been wrong before, just for the sake of attacking President Trump, uh, say that what will get the most scrutiny is how Robert Mueller looked at the president's possible possible obstruction of justice, how he couldn't prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. But, you know, there's going to be some damning things in there. I mean, you don't spend a uh, year and 10 months and that much money on an obviously uh, partisan witch hunt without having some damning information, but nothing that holds up to the standards of criminal prosecution. Like what? What do you think is going to come out? That he has Putin's cell phone number and they're all going to freak out about it, right? Mm. <laughs> they're probably going to talk about the Trump Tower meeting with the, the. by the way. Don Jr. Do you know that the Russian woman lawyer who met with Don Jr. and the rest in the Trump Tower meeting, that her visa had expired and the Obama administration reenacted her visa just before this meeting? Oh, how convenient. You can stay. The thing, I mean, the thing smelt of setup yeah. the whole time, that particular piece of it. It's like to catch a predator. Trucker comes 800 miles to meet some kid. And if, if Jay Armstrong <laughs> can, can move his arm to turn his <laughs> microphone on and, and get in on any kind of discussion here, that'd be wonderful. I know you're not getting paid for this, Jay. You don't have to participate <laughs> at all, but you did make the trip up. So I, I, I did. I did. Uh, 
you know, I don't know. I have a strong feeling that if there's any, uh, like, real bombshells in there, this is just me knowing how government works. This is not me ju- judging Trump's administration. Yeah. If there's any bombshells in there, it'll be redacted, and it'll be color-coded in a way that makes it look like it is protecting someone oh. else or oh, something. Oh, so, wait a minute. Hold on. So they, you're, they... You're, the, you're, the, you're of the ilk that Bill Barr is covering this up. I'm of the ilk that whoever's in charge will protect the current administration no matter what. No, the idea, and Bill Barr has even spoke to this when he testified before Congress, he's going to look at why there was spying on the Trump campaign and if it was predicated on anything that was real, and that's where the real bombshells will happen. It won't be about President Trump. It'll be about President Obama, it'll be about Loretta Lynch, it'll be about Peter Strzok, James Comey, Lisa Page, and on Andrew McCabe, Andrew Wiseman, and on and on and on. But here, here's where Part I stand- of the people who participated in the Mueller investigation, by the way. Here's where I stand on that, though. Uh, it'll, it'll be just like everything else. Uh, the big bombshell will come out. It'll be used by Republicans to uh, get votes and donations uh, to the political campaign, campaign contributions. Uh, but nothing will really happen. The, stat, mm-hmm. the ruling class protects the ruling class, period. Right. It's, 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 it's all a dog game. and pony show that they fight each other. That's for our amusement. Watch the birdie. Exactly. Well, th- that's, that's why I really I don't care. Yeah, don't I don't care think, about the Mueller report. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anything will happen, and no, no one gets prosecuted. But the fact, the fact that it's obvious now there was spying or surveillance on an opposing party's campaign right, and by the administration don't care about empire. That, so it's not going to matter. They don't care about it because they were involved in it. They're they're knee deep in it. No, I mean like your average. Your average, your average person does. Joke. Your average person doesn't care about the Mueller report. It's not going to sway. And you votes. know that, Jay. Right. You know that. See, here's the deal. Is knowing the moon report going to pay my mortgage? No. I'm going to have to pay my mortgage. So, well, I always ask people, what has President Trump done in office that has adversely affected your life? Lou, anything? Um, just visually, he's hurt me just looking at his hair. I mean, it's <laughs> tough to look at. But no, seriously, I want Mari Povich to be the guy that announces this thing tomorrow. I want him to come out and be like, Donald Trump, you did not collude. And Terrell, you are the father. <laughs> we need more now, humor. Let's, let's go country. to Jim real quick. Now, Jim, I don't have the exact source of the Russian lawyer. I know that her visa had expired. They said this right after the meeting. Her visa had expired. It had been renewed by the Obama administration. And I'll try and dig that up and find it for you, okay? I'm, I'm a... I'm a total supporter of whatever you can dig up because I think it all goes all the way to Obama. Oh, I, I there's he, no doubt about it. Right. He's got his fingerprints all over this thing. and he, uh, Counterintelligence, it, it, counterintelligence investigations at that level are in the purview of the president. The president has to request a counterintelligence investigation. Because he's so he, the executive branch is the head of the Department of Justice. He's their boss, right. direct boss. Are, so if the, you, you start a counterintelligence investigation, as was started against President Trump by the FBI and the DOJ, it came at Obama's behest, at his request, with his knowledge. And any anybody who says differently doesn't know how that works. One of the things, including Jay Armstrong. One of the things that's been rarely talked about is how Obama, in the 2012 debates with Romney, dismissed Russia as any kind of a threat. Oh! Romney, 
he's an old bag and he's an old man. He doesn't know what he's talking he's, about. He's living in the past is what Obama <laughs> basically said about Mitt Romney's worries about Russia. And all of a sudden, Russia is the biggest boogeyman on the planet again. Uh, Jim, thank you for that. We've got to take a break for news and come back. I'll keep listening and hopefully you find out who said that because I right. want to believe it as much as anybody else. Thank you. This is the Nightcap on 700 WLW. Get your podcasts. Oh, yeah. Little Seagull flavor on the Nightcap. 700 You know what to do, baby. 700 WLW, Gary Jeff, the nightcap. For a Wednesday, April 17th, 2019, the eve of the Mueller Report release. (laughs) Jay Armstrong. Jason Goodall and Coach Lou Diamond in the studio for the next uh, 22 minutes. So here's the other big issue today politically. After Bernie Sanders got called on the carpet at his town hall Monday for being a millionaire. So I I wrote a book. You you think I should be uh, uh, make excuses for being successful? No, Bernie. No, but he should give up 50 to 80 percent of his wages because that's what he expects Everybody who's a millionaire to do lead by example, good old Bernie. Yeah, he was asked about that. He said, "Would you pay fifty-two percent of of the wealth tax?" Well, well I, I pay the taxes I I have to pay. I, I always do. No, would you pay the fifty-two percent? He said, and he looked at Martha McCallum and goes, "Well, would you?" I mean, it just yeah. He got downright hostile being called on the carpet for his own hypocrisy. Jay, your mic's still not on. I don't know what's going on there. It's, it's a conspiracy. It's just not automatic tonight. Oh, right. Well, sometimes you got to do for yourself. You know, Jay you does socialist. okay for himself. God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, but here was, here was the offshoot of the whole conversation. Then they got into the candidate's charitable donations. Charitable donations, yes. Uh, yes. And it was like Robert Francis O'Rourke, also known in some quarters of Texas and some tabletops, Beta <laughs> at Bo- as Beto, uh, I think he paid. He and his wife paid point three percent of their earnings in charity, charitable donations. You know he's a strange. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dude, did you see that oh, Instagram he's... video of him doing the dental work? No, oh, he's goofy. He's just motion. totally goofy. Talks about going. No, he talks about going. Work done. Talks oh. about going to Mexico and eating dirt after he lost to Ted Cruz in the senatorial release. It was, it was, re, it was going to renew his spirit to eat this certain kind of Mexican dirt. Mm. I kind of hate his politics, but I like that he's a weirdo. 
Because he's going to lose. I think we need a real weirdo running things. He's he's going <laughs> to just we somebody, got one. Sorry, like sorry, Jay. I, I don't know if they've lifted the restriction on on felons to no, to run here's for the, thing the White about House. Politics. You so can get you all the felonies you, can't you want in. after you've been elected. <laughs> Ouch! But if you get them before you're elected, it disqualifies you. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. True, yeah. Okay. Yeah, those guys get them in office, and it's cool, isn't it? Uh, yeah, they figure out ways to make money off of it. But them. the whole thing about the whole argument about charitable donations and who's being a hypocrite and who's not. The whole point of the matter is that people like Bernie Sanders calling for people to pay that fast share. He never says, he never says what the hell your fair share is, no matter what you earn, but you need to pay your fair the churches share. Over there, the churches. Uh, and Elizabeth Warren and, and all the, and by the way, Elizabeth Warren was the only one of these losers that actually contributed more than say 5% of her annual income to charity. She'd like 50,000 something dollars to native American charities. So I I'd love to understand what a fair share is when basically 50% of America pays taxes and the other 50% doesn't. Uh, I can remember when Oh, it's less than 50% yeah. pay taxes. It's Paying. it's about 30 to 40% of Americans pay taxes and the, the majority do not. Paying taxes doesn't mean and you the go to analysis and buy ho-hos. No, we're talking about income tax. Writing a, t- a check. So here's my point, though, guys, <laughs> yeah. is that paying taxes is not charity. Yeah, that doesn't count. No. N- no. Paying, <laughs> coercion, coercion at the point of a gun by the federal government does not make it a charitable donation when you pay your taxes, whether it's a payroll tax or you owe at the end of the year income tax or anything else. That's not charity. Mm-hmm. The, the, the people who think it is think that government is God and everything government does with your money is good. And if you just <laughs> give more of your money that you earned to the government, then good things will happen because of it for those who do not have. It's all bunk. It's all BS. It's crap, and they know it. And, and real charity is anonymous. Real charity is not coerced. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only reason you should ever list your charitable contribution is if you want to get some money off your taxes. That's fine. But taxes are not charity. Your thoughts, Jay Armstrong? Uh, I, no, nothing government does is charitable. No. It's Us being the- compelled to pay our taxes to the government so they will do altruistic good things with it is crap. But, I mean... Ninety percent of what our government spends is on military spending for stuff that we have. No it doesn't matter. For. It doesn't matter if it's the mothers of the poor. The government convolutes that that in kind donation. They take the money and they decide what to do. Just like when they took Social Security and put it into the general fund, so they could spend like drunken sailors once again with our money. Preach. Yeah. No. No. I agree with you. No. I don't care if it's given the military or not. Taxes are not charity. Well, yeah, no, no, nobody those. ever got into heaven if you believe there's a heaven by paying your taxes. That's crap. And it's pushed by the by these socialists, the, the social democrats and the liberals all the damn time that think government is God and preach that message when it's not true. Charity is charity. Charity is out of your own heart. Charity is something you want to do, not because somebody tells you to do it. So it's because you do it of your own volition and it's not coerced and I think real charity is anonymous. Yeah, no, it should be. That's uh, one of the things that I was taught uh, by uh, a guy who I considered to be my spiritual leader at one point was uh, Ante Levay, Anton there, Anton, Jim Jones, uh, David, <laughs> David Koresh, Jim Morrison, David Koresh, Applewhite, not, not Marshall Applewhite, no, uh, Cher. <laughs> Sonny Bono. My spiritual leader is Cher. Oh, man. They're dr- Jibs, they're... he is and things. Half-breed. That's all I ever heard. Chaz Bono blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's... 
Wow. Kenneth Branagh looks strikingly like George Zimmerman now, by the way. Were you? <laughs> oh. So look at that. At one point, pow, pow. Uh, I took a picture of were you, were you dissing the Morphodite he was dating? <laughs> no, no. Uh, Chaz said. Uh, you said thank, he. Thank you. Yeah, he's working on that. That's, that's, that's fine, positive progress. Gotta build it up. Uh, here, here's the way I look at it, Lou. Uh, and just like New York, the tower will rise again. The Notre Dame spire. I said this to Gary Jeff once. The world's a terrible, awful, horrible place. It yeah. sucks. Almost everyone is out to get you for something. Yeah. And uh, if it can make a person feel better and make life a little better by calling them the pronoun they want to be called, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect me. It doesn't cost me anything. Yeah. Why wouldn't I do it? Yeah. You know. But anyway, so Chaz says. A slippery slope. Chaz, That's all. Chaz is thinking. I, bet it's I mean, you don't, you don't got to get slippery with them. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> what, uh, what is it thinking? So bon Chaz, Jovi. Chaz is thanking someone, some celebrity in, in Los Angeles for helping Chaz to uh, live out a dream. And, and I replied to that tweet with, was it the dream? Uh-oh. <laughs> you ate, Can you say it? Where you ate 10,000 glazed donuts covered in Magic Johnson's body hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, where do you, where do you how, does, how does your mind even conceive of I got of the glazed that? donut part, but... <laughs> I don't Stay know. positive, Magic. Stay positive, baby. <laughs> he's, he's negative now. No, because all the cash he pumped into his veins. He found the magic. He yeah. pumped cash in. <laughs> Straight in, intravenous. No longer president of the well, Los no, Angeles if, if Lakers, think, by the way. If you think there are uh, charitable agencies out there that are bad, like 90% of it goes to pay people to yeah. move that money around and only 10% actually goes to that's charity. Why, that's Imagine why I, government PR. getting involved That's in why that. I fully investigate charities before I give a dime. That's why I donate straight to the dude at the liquor store last night with a double-doubler from right. McDonald's. Sometimes the kindest thing you can do for a drunk is buy him a drink, man. Hell yeah, I don't care. Let's go to Dean in Columbus on the acutehearingcenters.com hotline hello dean how you doing here Jeff? doing you fine doing? doing we're all that's doing good. great that's good yeah i am too but you, you know gary Jeff, this is the problem i have i'm 71 so i've been studying politics since eisenhower hmm. back when i was growing up i didn't know if my parents were republican or democrat they never talked about that that's cool mm-hmm. They never talked about religion. There was two things you didn't argue about because nobody is going to come to an un, an agreement in either one of those issues. What people need to look at, if they're working people, Washington, whether they're Republican or Democrats, right or left, they scorn all of us without grief. 100%. They have us bickering amongst one another while they just run into the bank laughing at us and so i, I mean I, I i've learned these things i'm a an educated man i've learned things over the years i've studied things over the years what i understand it doesn't matter whether a republican or a democrat is in office you got to get your butt up every day and go and work for your family and make a living I, put I, a roof over their head Dean, I, I've often said, in fact, you've listened to me a long enough time. You probably heard me say this before. There's one party in Washington, D.C., and we're all paying for it, and they're having a hell of a time. No, they, they all go to the same cocktail parties. Yep. Whether Republican or the Democrat. Well, and they're just laughing behind our backs. Yeah, good points, Dean. I don't think you get a lot of disagreement from the people in the room. Well, no, Jason? I mean, we have Republicans so, now, and we have the worst deficit spending we've ever had. Oh, it's terrible. They, they, in eight they, years under Obama, it doubled. 
Yeah, and from now ten it's trillion worse, to twenty trillion. It's now it's twenty-two trillion yeah. in two years. You know, uh, you know, yelling at each political party who spends more is like, well, uh, you know, insert joke about drug reference because that's all money is to them is a drug. You know, here's what you need to think about is, you know, since we just finished taxes and I got I had the blessing and opportunity to write them a nice big check. Uh, thankfully, I, I thanks had for it. your charitable donation. Jason. Yeah. Well, well, now here's the thing. <laughs> now you got to tithe on top of that. Uh, yeah. Since I'm self-employed, I have to pay both sides of FICA. So, you know, you think like in, in lieu with his pizza business, you know, for every one of his employees, the employees looks at their check and goes, who's FICA and why are they taking seven point six five percent out of my check? And Lou has to say, remember, I also put in 7.65% of that as well. You think if, if, if you as an individual uh, were allowed to take that 15%, you know, you know, we'll round down for easy math, 15 because I hate math, uh, but I'm good at it. Uh, if you take that 15%, you saved it in your own account like they did in Chile, uh, people wouldn't have a retirement problem and Social Security wouldn't be bankrupt. You look at your Social Security statement right now. You pull yours out, Gary Jeff, because you're close enough to that age. Ooh. Well, <laughs> Ouch. I'm being factually correct. I am not being demeaning. He's not he a has, day over 57. He has more hair than I do mm. at his age, you know. Uh, and if you take a look at your Topic. statement, it will say on the top. This might be seventy-seven percent of what you get by I think two thousand. Jason, if I if I pulled out my statement, you'd be surprised how large it is. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, baby. I've heard that. Gonna have a statement. <laughs> All right, let's go to let's go to let's go to Joe in Western Hills. Hello, Joe. Well, yes, Jeff. Uh, I just had a good one. The one to tell you about a charity I got in the mail the other day. Yeah. It wanted me to donate to the United Negro College Fund. Okay. And I wrote on it. Return, send it back. I did not ask for it. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I mean, you get unsolicited stuff all the time in the mail, Joe. Whether it's yeah. that charity or any other. Yeah, you just get tired of too many of them, and then this one come out. I laughed all day about it, <laughs> whether it matters to some people or not. But I'm a white guy, and I don't think I'm going to donate oh, to no United College. Is this PJ? PJ, is that you? Uh, all right, Joe, thanks. Hey, so unsolicited junk mail, whether it's from a charity or from... The United uh, Negro. Uh, uh, it's supporting the U.S. Postal Service. The, Good for them. The NRA. <laughs> I'm really, I'm another, really gover- to... another government entity that's bleeding billions of dollars as we speak. <laughs> so, yeah, so look, so if you want to stop those people from sending junk mail to your house, whether it's a charity, whether it's a business, what, no matter what? what it is. So most of those things, uh, they send you an envelope to return your order form yeah. in. Bricks. And it's they're, they're paid in full regardless, and Up they do it size. by weight. So what you do is you stick as much stuff in that envelope as you can. Cardboard, business cards, anything that's legal Rocks. to mail. Rocks, yeah. Cat litter. Seal it up Ooh, and send litter. it back to them. They have to pay that postage for whatever it weighs. I no, wish I could do my that. friend Doug and Ripley suggested that as well. That's the way to do it, man. I wish I could do that to robocallers. Now, here's the thing. You, can, you cannot send biological material. To, oh, so I'm German, so that counts me out. <laughs> <laughs> you can't send living or dead animals through the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, How so do you know all this? Donald, How are you so well-versed in this, Jay? Because he's made mistakes. I, was, okay? I have not made mistakes. I have done research that has stopped me from making the those mistakes. The Anarchist's Cookbook. <laughs> the Anarchist Cookbook was written by a former government employee, and everything that's in that book is meant to hurt the people who follow the recipes, whether it's the drugs, the bombs, or whatever. It's all meant to do not do anything in the Anarchist Cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get arrested. This is, this is excellent. This is excellent 
advice, really. Steal this book friend. by Abby Hoffman's way better. You are really a, a domestic terrorist. A yippie. I, I am, You're a yippie. I, I, am, I am not. I am. He's uh, a harmless fuzzball. If, if anything, I'm closer to a sovereign citizen. <laughs> I, I got schooled on that by the mysterious Mr. Joining us tonight on the nightcap, Jerry Rubin. Uh, <laughs> Lyndon LaRouche. Lyndon LaRouche. <laughs> oh, that's going way back. <laughs> that guy flipped Ross- more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Times, oh. That guy flipped more times than my ex-girlfriend. Look at these charts. You, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Now, you people. <laughs> you people. I would have loved to have seen him get elected to his vice president during the debate. Who am I? <laughs> James Stockdale. Why am I here? <laughs> General Stockdale. Nick in Covedale, hello. And compliments to Jay. Uh, the NRA turned around and realized that Handgun Control Incorporated was sending out those exact same things as far as prepaid postage. Yeah. So it was, I don't know if it was NRA sponsored, if it was internal. Nick, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. My producer's telling me I got to go. They turned around and they said, they they used the same postage cards like Jay said, and they were duct taping around cinder blocks. Yes. Thanks, guys. Coming up after the news break, Dan Hills and the nightcap rolls along on 700 WLW. Welcome back into the Nightcap. Gary Jeff with you on 700 WLW. Thanks to the crew for coming in for the Man Cave section of tonight's show. Still more to come, including my friend Dr. John Huber at the tail end of the show, forensic psychologist out of Austin, Texas. You've heard him before if you listen to the show. Uh, MainstreamMentalHealth.org, DrPsycho.org with some interesting reflections on the Reds and their continuing troubles at the plate. Such a power outage, you'd think that there'd been a... A, a damaging windstorm who's swept through the red season thus far. We'll also have with us uh, Walt Starshock, who is the NRA, National Rifle Association liaison, a spokesman for the state of Kentucky on the brand-new concealed carry laws. More on that in a moment. And in just a few moments, Dan Hills, president of the Cincinnati Order uh, Fraternal Order of Police, on the brilliant resolution brought up by P.G. Sittenfeld, Cincinnati City Council. I read... Uh, Read the email. Apparently, they're going to do away with bonds if people are too poor to pay them after they commit crimes. Hmm. What does that get us? Well, it's it's an unfair thing because these people are criminals and they can't afford their bonds. So we're just going to waive the bonds and let them back out in the streets, which, again, happens all too often because of jail overcrowding, too. That's another issue entirely. I'm sure we'll get into that with Danny in just a moment. Uh, and also something new that happened in Dallas. Apparently the district attorney in Dallas, Texas, at least this is what I've heard and what Dan's going to talk about, wants to um, <clears throat> not prosecute petty theft charges under $750. All to come on the nightcap. So- you Milford. And now a favorite guest as we continue on this nightcap on 700 WLW on the acutehearingcenters.com hotline. 
an infrequent guest, but a favorite guest. And, and I say infrequent like the wife says about her husband of 30 years. He's infrequently. Um, Dan Hills, how are you? Oh, Gary, Jeff, I'm doing well. How are you on this beautiful evening? It is really beautiful. The, uh, the rain's coming, unfortunately, because it's springtime in Cincinnati, and that's what happens. Dan Hills, of course, president of the Cincinnati Fraternal Order of Police. A couple of topics I wanted to touch on with you tonight, Danny, if you would. First off, Cincinnati City Councilman P.G. Sittenfeld, with a resolution passing, and even a Republican councilman said, this is not a partisan issue, it's an issue that matters to the poorest among us. Apparently, uh, bonds, when you commit a nonviolent criminal act, are just too damn high in the city of Cincinnati, and they're trying to do something about it to help the impoverished, those who cannot even pay as much as a $100 cash bond for whatever crime they've committed. And th- th- again, he stated nonviolent crimes. But why would I ask you, Dan Hills, who are the victims of criminal prosecution? Are they people who are poor? Are they people who commit criminal acts? Or are they the, or are they the victims of these criminal acts? Well, that's the spin that we've suffered for so long now that somehow the um, the criminal is the victim instead of vice versa. I, you know, I just saw and I I, I, I told you this earlier today that in Dallas. Yeah, we're they, we're going to get to that in a moment. Well, I just we're gonna, wanna... okay, but but you know, this is this is where we've where we've gone. That somehow everybody that uh, is uh, arrested or anybody that has any. Uh, dealing with the police is somehow being victimized by the system Be- and, because uh, of their economic status. Well, that is uh, that is the spin again that's being put out there. That the, it's because of their economic status. Um, the, the 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 truth is is that if you want to avoid having a expensive bond, then don't commit any crimes. Now we know they're not uh, um, uh, guilty. They're or they're innocent until proven guilty. But we do know that, you know, in a high percentage of cases that the uh, police charge an individual, that they are either found guilty or uh, plead no contest to either that charge or a lower charge. Dan Hills, this will come as a surprise to you, but I actually have been poor in my lifetime uh, a few times. I've had to start over. I've been what you would call below the poverty level. I know that's hard for you to believe. You Gary, know, I always thought you were a man of uh, massive wealth from a man uh, of means. Bill with a silver spoon in your mouth. That's what and, I figured. And living in Newport and working, or living in Northern Kentucky and living and working in Newport, believe me, on the streets of Monmouth every day, I see people who not only don't have any means but don't have any place to live, and they walk the streets and they they may bum money, they may ask you for a cigarette or a dollar or whatever. But these people aren't committing crimes. Poverty does not necessarily mean it's a gateway to criminal activity. To get your, This is what's being missed, is that just because you are poor, there are a lot of people who are below the poverty line in this country and in our community who do not go out and commit even petty crimes every day. They're just struggling oh, to make not. it. They're just struggling to make it. So what PG was saying with this, you know, trying to eliminate bonds for non so-called nonviolent criminal offenders is that because of these people's status uh, as their social economic status or this, you know, because they're a person of color or whatever, it automatically means that they're going to commit these crimes just to survive. It's a total bald faced lie. It is indeed. You can survive in this country 
um, without uh, committing a crime. Uh, we know that there's a whole lot of work available, and you can you can work your fingers to the bone. If oh, you now so now more now more than ever under President now more Trump. than ever. Yes, and if you're unable to work. We know that there is uh, program safety nets and everything out there to provide your most basic needs, shelter and food. Um, so there is no reasonable reason. <laughs> I don't know if that made any sense. Sure there, is no, there is no good reason to uh, commit crimes other uh, than uh, greed or disrespect of, whether it's, of, of whether the it's, law. Whether it's petty theft or shoplifting or anything else. There's, no, there is there's there's no need, and it, and it upsets the 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 balance. It upsets the uh, the order of society, and uh, that's Gary Jeff. That's where we get to the ultimate topic. This isn't about about uh, poor people who need a sandwich. No, it's not this about, about race. The struggle of this isn't about race. This is about yeah. the struggle of left and right. This is the this is the socialists that are politicians. The socialists. Uh, that are out there in the world stage that are trying to upset the balance here in America and and basically eliminating the rule of law, uh, which would lead to uh, uh, some sort of anarchist uh, conditions that would not allow this, uh, this country to survive. Oh, absolutely. And that, you know, and that, you know. That's what I think we're dealing with, with our, with our, our, our left-wing politicians. And, you know, this is the part that puzzles me the most, Gary Jeff, is uh, are, are they that stupid? Have they not seen the history books? Do they not know what happened in the Soviet Union under Stalin and others? Do they not see what happened at Tiananmen Square? Do they not see what happens under the pot dictator in North Korea? Do they have not a clue of the years in Eastern Europe I served in in the army in, in uh, Germany, and I got to see the Iron Curtain. That was a wall, unlike the wall that Trump wants to build. That was a wall to keep people in because they wanted to leave because socialism sucks. And these people, I guess they're arrogant. They think they can do it better, even though Venezuela is burning, even though everybody that's ever tried socialism, it doesn't work out for your average minion who they claim that they're trying to help. Everywhere it's tried, it stinks. It so, doesn't work. So, ex- to, so excusing, poverty. excusing petty crime on the basis of poverty is just another step in the direction of socialism. Is what you're it's, that's all it is. That is all it is. It's saying, it's saying that we must distribute the wealth. It is just another way of saying to distribute the wealth. If you can walk in, and I just, I just had a fine meal at a place called the Rusty Bucket, and, and I had a fine meal of chicken parmesan. But if, if you're poor, you should be able to just go in and eat the chicken parmesan and not pay for it because the Rusty Bucket should just give it to you because you're poor. That is not um, the way uh, you know a lawful, orderly society will be able to continue to stand on its own. Well, Dan Hills, wor- Dan Hills, let me let me say this. You know, the people who find this most absurd are, say, the victims of a Bernie Madoff. He wasn't exactly poor, and yet he built billions of dollars. Criminal behavior is criminal behavior. Whether you're black, white, Hispanic, poor, rich, whatever, you commit the crime, you should do the time, and you'd have to pay at least your bond to get you out if you want to be out before you're on trial, right? I agree wholeheartedly. You need to have some sort of assurance that they're going to come back. And if you're, I thought for a second you were talking about the left-right discussion. The people who find that most absurd are the people who lived in Eastern Europe 
or some other socialist hellhole and got out of it and, and are absolutely shaking their head right now going, what are these Americans, young Americans, uh, you name whatever Americans that believe in the leftist message? The Democrat thinking? socialist, yeah. Yeah, what are they thinking? What what could they possibly be thinking that they want to go to that? Because they stood in uh, grocery stores that had hardly nothing. They went without work. They know how terrible the system is when it's completely ran by government. And and, uh, but, and doesn't doesn't this this move by PG and the city council? If, if this actually goes into effect, doesn't this open up the Pandora's box for people who are going to commit criminal acts, knowing that if there are a certain level of criminal acts, you know what, they'll be released on their own recognizance and they can get out and commit the same crimes again. That's what it Unfortunately, Gary, Jeff, we're already pretty much there because of jail overcrowding. We have what we call the, uh, you know, the OR bonds. Our, our coppers work hard. They bring in the, they bring in the people who violate the laws that, you know, our 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 government, our assembly, our elected officials said this should be a crime. God also said it, thou shalt not steal. But um, so did so did the people that we elect. And uh, they are often just released because there is no room in the end. But now we're taking the next step. Now we're saying it don't matter. Even if there happens to be a couple of spare rooms that night, you bring in a theft suspect and that's okay. We can just go ahead and, and, and cut them loose because it was nonviolent. We're basically eliminating it from the, 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 the rule book, the law book for so, so many that just don't care. They don't care how much their record stacks up because they're not worried about walking into a, a, a place of employment and saying, oh, here's my record and, and uh, you know, I'm sorry about these thefts or whatever. They know they're just going to continue to live you know, on whatever it is they can access, however it is they can access, living with somebody that's collecting a government sure. check and or uh, stealing what they want. Talking to Dan Hills, President of Cincinnati Fraternal Order of Police. Danny, um, this thing in Dallas you wanted to bring up, that this was just fresh off the headlines today. Tell me about that. Well, I, I found it on the Internet and found it on a couple different sources, not mainstream uh, sources, uh, but uh, enough that I believe that there is some validity to it, that the DA in Dallas has said he's not going to prosecute for crimes of theft under $750. Now, the caveat, and somebody responded back on social media with another article saying that, you know, what I was putting out there was right-wing spin, that it was about consumable goods, in other words, food and edibles and stuff, and that we should – it's back to the same subject that we were just having. Sure, that uh, we should we should allow those we should look to, the other uh, way. Our poor, we should look the other way while they need something to eat. Even though there's uh, there's free food kitchens, there's and I'm sure there's plenty of them in Dallas, but I know they're here in Cincinnati. There's plenty of places if you need some sustenance that you can go and get it here in Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, we we know that the people who steal don't want to stand in those lines. Don't want to deal with those programs they are a lot of times addicted and what they rather do is just go in and grab themselves a couple of things off the shelf real quick at the united dairy farmers and so um that's the folks that we deal with uh, quite often uh, you know in the Cincinnati police department and other police departments people that just think that the the, the shells are just a uh a grab and go for them, and it's and it's and it's uh, you know it's, it's again it's a tiny thing, but it's the beginning of the complete breakdown of law and order. When we say we don't need to post a bond for it anymore, or we go further and now say we're not even going to prosecute it anymore. Well, yeah, and that's the thing: being poor, being black, being whatever you are is no excuse for criminal activity. There are plenty of outlets, there are plenty of places, plenty of resources in this country, and. 
being poor should be a motivational factor to go out and do for yourself if you're able-bodied and physically able, mentally able to do it. You should be able to do that, especially in this economy today. Oh, my God. And poor is a relative subject, uh, Gary. Jeff, in this country, folks have become so spoiled. And uh, the poor people uh, today in the United States of America have widescreen TVs. Uh, they eat and drink very well. And a lot of times they drive a car. Uh, they, they usually have more than adequate shelter, and yet they, they get thrown into that poor category. I had a mother and father that grew up in the Great Depression, and they were poor. And we know that even, even in comparison, they weren't poor. Compared, well, like I said, the people in third world countries and stuff that sometimes have hungry bellies, everything is relative in a discussion of who is rich and who right, is Right, and relative to you and me. I'd like to see your tax returns because I'm sure compared to you, I am poor, Dan Hills. <laughs> well, Gary, Jeff, then you know what? You might have to be standing in a, uh, a, a food store line because if you're poor compared to me, you, sir, are poor. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm well, well below the line that would excuse me for any kind of petty crime I would commit just to, just to survive. But Gary, Jeff, uh, if you need to, if you need to steal, uh, just just don't take it from me, okay? Well, no. If 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 I feel like I'm going to be compelled to steal to survive, I will call you first, and because you have such great wherewithal, I'm sure you will give me what I need without having to for me to having to c- commit a crime, Dan. I'll buy you a chicken sandwich, Gary, Jeff, if you're in need. I, I'll take you up on that. I, I like chicken. No mayo. <laughs> Dan Hills, thank you very much, sir. Gary Jeff, thanks for having me on. It's been great talking to you. Have a good evening. The night, the nightcap rolls along in just a few minutes with Walt Starshock. Who's Walt Starshock? Walt Starshock is a, the NRA liaison, or whatever they call it, in the state of Kentucky on the new Kentucky Concealed Permit Carry Law that goes into effect in June and some other issues about your Second Amendment rights. Again, this is the nightcap. On... Welcome back into the nightcap. We're talking to Walt Starshock, who is the NRA liaison for the state of Kentucky, where I happen to reside, and you may as well. Walt, good evening. Welcome to the nightcap. How are you? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on here. Oh, it's, uh, it's great to have you. First and foremost, let's talk about uh, the new law that was signed into law by Governor Bevan after the House and Senate passed it in Kentucky that allows people to basically conceal carry without a permit. Yes, this has been something the NRA has pushed and uh, different states. In fact, now Kentucky, we're the 16th state in the union that has gone for the uh, universal carry in, in, in the United States. And uh, we, we had great legislators that were involved in this one. Our uh, state representative in Kentucky, uh, Savannah Maddox, Pushed very hard on this. This was passed by the Congress, the uh, uh, the Senate in Kentucky, and then she uh, issued it, and it was passed overwhelmingly. And then Governor Bevan he signed it back on March the fifteenth, and it, uh, it it really is making it a lot easier, uh, you know, because we, we we had situations with open carry and concealed carry and so forth. And what this has done in within the state of Kentucky now, it allows you to carry the uh, the firearm, you know, in a, in a vehicle, uh, in your, on your person, uh, without any restrictions. 
The one thing about this, though, that we have to be concerned now, this is going to be the way that the law was passed. This will become effective as of the uh, 26th of June right. of this year. And uh, at this time, until that, until that point, if you uh, do not have a concealed carry uh, license and you, uh, you you don't have and you leave the uh, weapon, you know, on a seat, you're okay with that. But if you put it under your coat or conceal it in any way, you could be in violation and have a Class A misdemeanor against you. But once this uh, it goes into effect as the 26th, uh, it will be, you know, that'll be, it'll be uh, all right to carry that at that point. So it's going to make it all, it's going to make it a whole lot easier. But the one, I think probably the one thing that most people are concerned about is the reciprocity that we have, you know, with other states. And uh, I know myself personally and my wife, we have a concealed carry, and we've had it uh, now. There are five years. And uh, the thing about it is that when you're crossing state lines, you're fine with the universal carry within the state. But crossing state lines, and personally, I'll travel down to Florida, I'll go up to New England and so forth. And uh, it's important to have that. I've never been stopped. But if you are stopped and you have to you know, provide provide a Concealed carry. Normally, a police officer will stop you and say, "Do you have Do you have any weapons?" Right. And you indicate, "Yeah, I have a concealed carry," and then you're okay with that. I I personally had that happen one time in Georgia, uh, and it was in a gas station. And I've not had, you know, I've never had any issue like that. But uh, to go and and continue to get it, it's five years for the concealed carry, and I still and and I think uh, the NRA. We feel the same way too. Even though it's, before, you know, it, we're pushing the uh, universal carry throughout the country. If you're going to be doing this traveling, and I think most people are, it's very important to get a concealed carry and re-up it. Uh, you know, in a period of five years, it costs sixty dollars. Uh, you go through an eight-hour class, and uh, there's classes that are available. Uh, point blank shooter supply. There's quite a few of them over here in northern Kentucky. Well, I th- hold on but, a second. Hold on a second. Sure, go ahead. I thought the new Kentucky law doesn't even require any kind of firearms training. The, within the state of Kentucky, that's correct. All yeah, right, and, 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 and I'll let you continue, but this was my only problem with the law that was passed. Sure. I, th- I think that anybody who's going to carry a firearm, a potentially deadly weapon, should at least have to be required to go through a few hours of firearm safety training. Do you disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with that, and I think that's good because, see, in the state of Kentucky, you're considered a legal firearm owner at the age of 18. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you can even buy an AR-15 at 15, at, sure. at age 18. So, yes, I, I, you know, I think that it's good and it's important to have that because, you know, you don't want people to have the misunderstanding, you know, that this is the Wild West. And, you know, you know, without any training and so forth. And I know there were some issues uh, when the Senate you know, and, the, and the House brought that up. I think that was some concern by some people that didn't vote about it. And that was the one stipulation within it that, that there was some there was some question. But I recommend, you know, that, you know, being a prudent law abiding person, you know, I recommend that you do have that done because, you know, we don't want to have any unnecessary deaths. And that's what they're concerned about. You know, we don't want to have a. Wild West situation, and I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I highly recommend that people go ahead and have that training. It's, it's very important. Again, that was the only issue I had with the new legislation in the Commonwealth of Kentucky is that it did not require at least six hours of firearm safety training. I forget about the background checks and all of the rest right. of that. I, I agree with you on that, but that's kind of problematic for me. And as you mentioned, 
different states and different laws. And and this the new Kentucky law still you still have to go through some kind of federal background check where you're not uh, considered legally insane or anything like that to get your concealed carry, correct? Right. And 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 the thing, you know, let's let's go back, you know, from a standpoint of purchasing a firearm as well. You know, you go into a into a gun store and you you sell out a form of forty four seventy three which is a federal firearms background check that goes through, provides information and so forth. And you now still the, ha- you still have to do that with the new Kentucky law. Correct? Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. For any firearms like that, yeah, you have to do that. And the thing, the the plan, the National Firearms uh, Administration that we have, the background check, the NIC system out of Clarksburg, West Virginia, has been enforced probably over twenty years, and it's probably the most effective that we have. And what bothers me sometimes is when I See these situations of shootings and so forth and of individuals that, like, say, you know, a former military veteran or something that goes out and he goes on a shooting spree or something, and then you find out that there were some felony convictions that somehow the NICS system didn't pick it up. Fell through the cracks. Uh, yeah, it falls through the cracks. And, it, and it's to the point now they, they push through. I know our, our representative, our congressman, uh, Thomas Massey, went and put through it was an HR. I think it was 1143, I forget what it was, with the NIC system. And uh, it's very thorough and, and it's very comprehensive. But the uh, the thing is the the uh, NIC system actually needs to have information inputted on an hourly basis, basically from, you know, the uh, uh, military, from the sheriff's departments, police departments, and so forth. So the system's always up, you know, and running. Because when you go and you you know you apply and fill up your form, fill out your form forty four seventy three, they can go ahead. They call it in to Clarksburg, West Virginia. You usually have a red, yellow, or green. Now, if it stops, the, the transaction is finished. If it goes up, comes up yellow, there's some issue that's involved. You could have a domestic violence situation in there. There sure. could be some child abuse. There's something that's on there. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That individual needs to go to the sheriff's department in order to clear that up. Okay, then if you get the green light, that's fine. And that's what you want. Do the transaction, do the paperwork and so forth, and then, uh, you know, be able to get your firearm. All right. Well, Walt, hang on. We'll come right back. This is the nightcap with Gary Jeff and Walt Starshock from the NRA. And a couple more issues to get to in just a moment here on 700 WLW. As we resume our conversation with Walt Starshock, the NRA in Kentucky, talking about the new Kentucky law and a couple other NRA issues I'd like to get uh, with you about. First, just news of today or of yesterday, uh, the NRA nationally has sued an advertising agency called Ackerman McQueen, saying the company refused to provide documentation about billing. I guess uh, this advertising agency has represented and its public relations unit has represented the NRA, NRA uh, 
for decades and paid the company more than $42 million in 2017, the NRA did. It says it held, uh, Ackerman McQueen withheld information when the nonprofit organization asked to review a contract with the agency and the NRA president, Oliver Notham. By the way, NRA have, have had amazing presidents as a leader of its national organization over the years, from Charlton Heston, Dwayne LaPierre, and now Oliver North. Do you know anything about yes. this lawsuit that was filed and why? No, that's something That's something new. The latest one that I heard, that's new. Uh, I haven't heard about that one yeah, yet. Yeah, it's just one, breaking news, Walt. Yeah, it's just, uh, the, the, the latest thing is, you know, the city of Pittsburgh went and the NRA has filed a lawsuit against them because of restrictive gun measures. Yeah, I saw that, too. Tell, tell me right, about that, that, then. You know, you know I, about that. I, it's basically what it's involving, and, and we have this throughout the country. You know, they want to limit the amount of uh, bullets that can be in a magazine, and they want to hold it to 10. And, you know, you, you most weapons you've got 12, 15. I mean, you can even go up to a 30-round magazine, even an extended magazine. Okay. So that's going to be under legislation as well, too. But, you know, we have these issues that are going on everywhere throughout the country, and, you know, we have that one, uh, you know, a Democrat that's running this uh, swall from swall. You know, out in California, Swalwell, excuse me, and, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, confiscate AR-15s and so forth. And that's not going to be accepted by the American public because, you know, the, uh, you know, the Second Amendment, you know, when you, when you read it, it's very clear and very standard. I think it's, you know, very, I mean, it's very concise. It says right. the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. That is, right. that is the important language in that. That's the important language about it. You know, a well-regulated militia being uh, necessary to the security of a state, the right of the people and the KN to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And that was upheld again when the District of Columbia versus Heller in 2008, and uh, Justice Scalia, uh, you know, reaffirmed it. And then they also uh, put in the due process clause that, uh, that protected them under the Fourth Amendment. So, uh, you know, you're, unfortunately, you know, you're going to, the Second Amendment has been under attack, you know, for years, and uh, especially now it's, you know, it's a political hot button, and uh, we're going to be discussing that. You're going to be seeing a lot of that. And uh, we have the, uh, uh, on the 26th, 27th, and 28th, the NRA is having their national convention in Indianapolis. Right. And it's going, it's going to be at the uh, Indianapolis uh, uh, Convention Center, 100 South Capitol Avenue in Indianapolis, and we've I've been to uh, St. Louis, I've been to Atlanta, I've been to uh, Louisville. Louisville has a good one, but the one in Indianapolis, the way that it's designed, it's huge with the Lucas Oil Center, and it's it, it's a three day event. But the day that I recommend to go is probably the best. It's going to be Friday the 26th because they're having the, uh, it's called the uh, uh, the ILA Institute of Legislative Action. They're going to have a, uh, it's where all spokesmen from out the country, and even President Trump is going to be speaking there on that Friday, and it goes from 11 till 4. On the subject of our president, uh, Walt, Yes. how did you feel about this executive action to outlaw bump, stack, bump stocks universally. I see sheriffs around the country saying they're not going to prosecute people who don't turn in their bump stocks. It was it was kind of a weird turn by the administration, right. wasn't it? Well, I'll tell you something. You know, when you go back, you know, let's roll the clock back to the National Firearms Act of 1934. I'm a pro-Second Amendment, and I've had many people have come to me about this, you know, and they said, well, you're not 
100% when you feel this way. But I, I agree with it, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer of this. But the thing about the bump stock is, is you're going and you're uh, converting a semi-automatic weapon into a fully automatic weapon. And under that guide, it actually falls into what's called a Class Three requirement, which was the old term. And now the new term for it now is a FFL. Uh, what do they call it? F-O-F-O-L, uh, C-O-T. It's a, it's a civilian occupational. It's a, it's a special license that you have to get to have it done, and it takes a two hundred dollar stamp. So what they, when they passed that law, Whitaker, who was the uh, it says you know the attorney, acting attorney general at that yes. time when they passed that. Okay, the uh, all of the bump stocks because of being legal. I mean, being illegal, they they have said an issue that they had to be destroyed, turned into a ATF office and so forth. I sure. just made a call on that the other day, and the question I had, I said, is there any possibility that this might be reconsidered under the uh, you know the class three uh, situation where those that would have it would have it numbered? Pay the two hundred dollar stamp and considered, you know, the background check and so forth. It's a process, but uh, at this point, they indicated to me they said, we, "Well, we don't have any indication of anything." Well, like yeah, to, to me, uh, to me, this was always a bump stock is not a firearm. It's an accessory right. to a firearm. So I don't it's think an accessory to a firearm. I don't right. feel like it's infringing on anybody's right to own and bear arms. Real quickly, in the last minute or so, the sure. sad, sad case of this Florida teenager sold pies. 18 years old, out of Surfside, Florida, who was so obsessed with the Columbine shootings that happened before she was even born, she decided yeah. to travel to Colorado and take care of, uh, take advantage of Colorado's laws that allow 18-year-olds to buy long guns, since Florida has since passed the, the law that says you've got to be 21. Right. And, and she traveled to Colorado and sadly wound up taking her own life uh, while she was planning, horrifically maybe, of reenacting the Columbine shootings from 1999. Um, the fact of the matter is, and this is what people don't get in this discussion, I think, too often, Walt, and just the last minute we've got, is that sure. you're not going to be able to stop someone who is mentally deranged from carrying out acts like right. this or trying to exactly. carry out acts like, no matter what gun laws you put on the books. Right. And the thing is, about 18-year-olds... And I, I don't know. Maybe this opens up a national discussion. Maybe we should raise the age. But eighteen-year-olds, well, eighteen-year-olds have so few records that they can show when you go to a background check of whether they can purchase legally a gun or not. Right. 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 Well, you know, you and I have been around, you know, for a while, and uh, the thing I can remember, you know, when it was eighteen years old, and when the draft was going on during the Vietnam War, if I'm eighteen years old, I could vote. And I can carry a weapon. So right. that's what instituted a lot of that, you know, back in 1968. Sure. But you got a mindset now, you know, of an 18 year old, you know, with modern, uh, you know, violent video games. Sure. Uh, there's so many of these, and, and these so, issues. Yeah, social yep. media plays such a role. I tell you what, I'll talk to you again soon. The National NRA sure. Convention coming up in Indianapolis next weekend, and hopefully we'll talk between now and then. Thanks to Walt Starshaw. Okay, you're welcome. Thank right. you very much. Take care, okay, sir. Take care. All right. Uh-huh. Bye bye. Ah, we're talking baseball and lots of other things with one of our favorite guests, our most famous guest, nationally renowned forensic psychologist from MainstreamMentalHealth.org and DrPsycho.org and the Mainstream Mental Health Radio Show and now Ketamine Research, 
Dr. John Huber. How are you, doctor? I am I am amazing, Gary. Yes. How are you? Yes. I love that. <laughs> Our beloved Cincinnati Reds are mired in another sluggish start to the 2019 Major League Baseball oh. season. Uh, they are 5-12 and 12 after being swept by the Los Angeles Dodgers earlier today. They are collectively, as a team, batting 200. 200 for the season. One out of every five times, the blind squirrel catches a nut and the Reds get a hit. This is not good. This is led, The pitching's been phenomenal so far. I mean, to the point where they should be winning a lot more than five games in 17. Now mired in another four-game slump. As a psychologist, what is the psychology behind a hitting slump? Well, what you got to understand, too, uh, about this is you're talking about a very elite level of, of performance. Oh, they, mean, say, guys, they say the hardest thing in, in, in professional sports is to hit a major league fastball. Absolutely. And they're at the top. I mean, the pinnacle, they're facing the best pitchers. And, you know, these guys, all they need to do is have one thing on their mind that isn't game-related, and they've lost a half step, and they go from number one or number two to number 12. So what is on I their mean, mind, do you think, if you, you could know, just it could, conjecture? It, it could be something as simple as one of their kids has a cold. I mean, it doesn't have to be significant because all it's got to do is get them off their game just a half a beat, and they go from the top to the bottom instantly. And, you know, we joke about that, you know, because I've seen, you know, other athletes in other sports complain about, oh, you know, you know, my kid's sick, you know, and they're making an excuse. And everybody's like, your kid's sick. Come on, get over it. You're a professional. Well, the thing is, that little bit of distraction is all it takes for somebody who's at the top of the game to, to be not number one, but number 10 or 11 or 12 or something like that, because if the other players don't have that kid that's sick, they're good to go. And they they don't lose that step, and you do. So it, 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 it's a tough it's a tough thing. And what they've got to do is get back to basics. You know, we talk about it all the time. Get back to basics. Get into the batting cage. You know, get into the round robins and practice and just, you know, shake off every other part of your day but that game. And, you know, the basics is the way to do it. The stuff is so automatic that your body just kind of takes over and you can quit thinking. And that's what they need to be doing. And if I was, if I was their sports psychologist, I'd be asking them, you know, to do that kind of stuff. I'd have them be doing drill and practice over and over and over. But in their head and imagining those things, do some guided imagery. And maybe for some of the worst, players, I would, the ones that are struggling the hardest, not necessarily the worst players, but the ones who are having the hardest time, Yeah, I would probably, uh, you know, offer up and, and do some sort of hypnosis with them and uh, try and get them to focus a little more effectively. There was a Baltimore Orioles player named Chris Davis who just recently <laughs> had the longest hitless streak, longest hitless streak in the major leagues. In history. In, in the history of the major leagues, yes. has he gotten help since? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's still running that. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's strike. <laughs> hey, you get in the record book one way or another, right? Right. I, I actually know people who quote, played the game, like uh, an associate of mine named Tracy Jones, who played for five, uh, nine, no, five major league teams in nine seasons, including the Cincinnati Reds. Uh And his suggestion for breaking out of a slump was finding a slump buster, preferably on the road. And do you know what a slump buster is? Well, I mean, educate us. Come on. A slump buster would maybe be, not the most aesthetically pleasing woman to go to bed with. And he said that always got him out of whatever slump he was in. If he could find a not-so-attractive woman uh, on the road, you know, and, and every sports, every professional sports has their groupies that, you know, follow along and hang out in the hotel rooms and the like. And, and he said he, he'd always find someone who was, uh, if not obese, just, a little bit chunky and not that attractive. And if he could go to the plate with her, then the next day at the plate, he would be better. So, so not really amuse, but no, actually the, re- the, reverse, the reverse of amuse. <laughs> Speaking of breaking out of slumps, I watched as many, many Americans did on Sunday, the final round of the masters. And it was Amazing. the most, it was the most triumphant, thing to see tiger woods win another green jacket after all this time when he two years ago even tiger said i don't know if i'll ever be able to play golf at this level again and absolutely and you talk about a sport where psychology is such at play and you saw that at play on sunday did you not sure did but you know i go back to the first masters he won in in 97 you know and he he kept you know, and he did it this game too, or this round too. He was knocking them into the trees, knocking it in the rough, and yet he won that first Masters. And they were interviewing him afterwards, and they go, "Man, every time you got yourself down in the in the rough, we were worried about you." And he goes, "Oh, I, I wasn't. I put myself there. I can get myself out." You know, he had that winner attitude that it doesn't matter where I put myself, I got myself there, so I can get myself out of this well, situation. Well, what I thought was more telling psychologically when Molinari, who had been been just a machine who was playing uh-huh. with Tiger in the final pairing on Sunday, when he dropped that shot into the water oh, yeah. on the par three, psychologically, I think he melted down because he knew Tiger was lurking and he had the ability to uh, take the lead. He lost it right there. He did. I, yeah. I, I looked at my wife and I said, Krista, he just lost the tournament. He was still like three strokes ahead at that point, but I said, he, yeah. he just lost the tournament. Absolutely. Wasn't that amazing yeah. to watch, though? Yeah, you know, and, and again, this is the first time Tiger's come from behind to win a, a, a grand championship like this. He's always been in the lead when he's won. Oh, you're, you're talking games. about you're talking about golf, not Waffle House rip waitresses, right? Yes. Coming, yes. From, coming from behind, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, jeez. All right, you know, and, and he's, he, his slump kind of started when his dad died in 2006, and then, 
you know, he caught the golf club upside the head in 2009. Or something, or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and then the back surgeries and uh, the drug issues. And, you know, and he was able to stick with the basics. He had another elite athlete come up and start supporting him and giving him advice on how to continue forward, Michael Phelps, who had his own issues, okay, and uh, and Tiger stuck to the basics. He stuck what what got him there from day one, you know, work on the short game and and practice your stroke and just be consistent, be consistent, be consistent, and it'll come out on top, and that that's what happens. You know, that's – you know, consistency and habituation are what win these types of things, whether it's golf or baseball or football or basketball, you know, and you just stick with the basics and you do them better than everybody else and everything else falls into place. Okay, a few more minutes with Dr. Huber in just a moment. This is the Nightcap on 700. As the Nightcap rolls on, a 700 WLW on the com hotline once again. Dr. John Huber from MainstreamMentalHealth.org, based out of Austin, Texas, forensic psychologist. What does your driving style reveal about your mental health? (laughs) If you're a tailgater, what does that mean, doctor? Oh, well, you don't plan for the future. You are a narcissist, and you just want everybody to do what you want them to do. And uh, you have no concern for issues about safety and sometimes contact with reality because the reality of it is you're that close that person can control whether you have an accident or not very quickly and you can't respond in that and that's time to to avoid it doctor would you like to know what nips me in the nads every time what's that people who turn on their turn signals when they get to their destinated turn so you're sitting there you're waiting to get into oncoming traffic and someone is slowing down and slowing down and slowing down. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and you're waiting to go. Then they turn on their turn signal right at the place where they're supposed to turn and go, Oh, that's what you're doing. What, what about those people? Yeah. Cause if you'd have known, you know, right. You, you could have made your turn and pulled out and got, yeah, those, those people are, are, they're super important. I mean, the world needs them and, um, you should know where they're going because they're that important, and they know it. Sure. I'll, I'll give you a story. <laughs> I was driving up to the radio station. This is a few years back, and I'm coming up I-71 to the exit, and all of a sudden, from three lanes over, from the left lane all the way into the exit lane, comes this car just screaming past me. I mean, I'm already in the exit lane. And, you know, I almost clipped the tail of this guy because he just screamed over from three lanes and gets over. And he pulls into the parking lot of the building where the studios are. And I said, well, I want to see what he's in such a hurry about. This this may be an emergency. I was just curious. I was concerned, kind of. And I follow him down to the third level of the parking garage. And I'm right on on his bumper. He's getting out. He's a courier doing something for some legal office in the building, whatever. And he, mm-hmm. gets, and he gets out, and I yell out the window. I said, well, now I know. He goes, know what? <laughs> know what? Who the most important person on the road is. And, Absolutely. And then it, I, I just pulled away. He got back in his car, 
even though he's in such a damn hurry to get to his destination that he broke about 14 traffic laws getting into the parking garage, and he followed me up, and I, I just went up to the front of the building. This guy's a psycho. No telling what he's going to do now just because I called him out. I didn't curse him. I didn't. Say, I just said, now I know who the most important person on the road is. And and I'm up in front in the lobby where, like, security guards can see me. And I just looked out my window, and I just kind of waved. And it wasn't even a one-finger wave. Yeah. And, he, and he got real frustrated and jumped back in his car and went on, the, you know, just cursing well, me the entire time. Tell me that's, about absolutely, that's absolutely the road rage person, the person who has no, no control over their anger. And uh, you, you are better off doing exactly what you did and have lots of witnesses around and preferably guards with guns. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that was the way to do that. Exactly. Well, you know, and here's the other thing. My wife always calls me a grandpa when I get, cause I'm not a lead foot like she is. She'll go like 40 miles an hour between stop signs that are a block away, which is why uh-huh. I tell her all the time. This is why we have to replace the brakes every six months, honey. And but but she says I drive like but there are people who can consistently drive like ten miles under the speed limit in the far left lane in the fast lane. What what, uh, what are those people about? Well, they know better. You know, they 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 are there to be safe and to help keep the world safe, and they're controlling other people. They have issues with control and authority. They probably get no control or authority over anybody in their life except for when they're driving slow in the fast lane. And talk about grandiosity and, you know, and in their mind, they're doing the world a service because they're keeping everybody going slow. And if you look at the actuarial data in the insurance companies, it's slow drivers that cause most of the fatalities. Really? Yes, because what happens is the faster drivers tend to be hypervigilant, and they're looking down a mile, two miles down the road, and they're planning the routes they're going to take. Whereas the slow drivers tend to look about 50 feet in front of their car, and they don't see the the problems coming until they're too late. So are they overcautious? Are they idiots? Or they just should take driving lessons? What's going on there? Yes. (laughs) So now now people who who honk right when the light turns, how long should it be before you honk? Because... I've done this before, but I'm usually like a pace or two after the light turns green. But we have all these distracted drivers and people who are not paying attention at red lights. They're texting on their phones or they're doing something else and saying they shouldn't be doing behind the wheel. And then, you know, the light turns green and you're just stuck behind them. So who's worse? Failure for you to plan to get to your job on time is not a reason for you to start honking the horn the minute the light turns green. This is not about not being on time, Dr. Huber. This is about somebody who's not paying attention in front of you. Well, now, you know, give give the light a second to to turn green. If it sits there and it becomes a stale light, you're exactly right. Then, Then the... Then the order switches where it's so should I do it? Should I do like a three Mississippi before I? Honk? Uh, you know, I think an ABC would work. A okay. B C. If right. they're not done, then you know you can pull out the Jackson Five. Doctor Huber, thank you so much as always. <laughs> this is great information, Doctor John Huber from MainStreetMentalHealth.org on the Nightcap. Have a wonderful evening, sir. Thank you, sir. Have a great one, Gary Jeff. All right, and as always, we close out the Nightcap with the playing of our national anthem. 
700 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.